Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Nikki Tobias with Grounded Vision Coaching, um, joining you this morning with the show about the effects of stress and how to combat it. I'm not sure about any of you, but with the recent um, campaign and the election results, um, some of what's been happening on my social media channels um, has been you know, real evidence that people are experiencing stress and some of what other people are doing and saying um, can even cause us some stress. Um, and, you know, it happens to be the, the beginning to the middle of November, and so we're also uh, facing um, the holidays coming and potentially family getting together that maybe haven't been together in a while or um, folks that we know that may be experiencing some of their first holidays without a loved one um, as we as we approach um, Thanksgiving and Hanukkah and Christmas and and even a new year in 2017. And so, you know, I thought that it would be a good time for me to uh, pull together some information about stress management and the effects of stress and what we can do to to hopefully prevent or at least treat and combat uh, stress in our lives. So if you're listening live, thank you. Thank you for joining me. If you're listening in the archive, I hope that this information will be great for you and that you'll uh, share it with uh, friends, family members, or colleagues that uh, might be um, might benefit from listening to it. If you are listening live and you'd like to call in, you can call 646-716-9397. Again, 646-716-9397. Make sure that you press 1 if you'd like to get in the queue to chat with me live. I'd love to hear from you. As I said, uh, my name is Nikki Tobias. I'm with Grounded Vision Coaching and Consulting. I'm a life coach, and I help people um, figure out what they really want from their lives, clarify their vision, and, and work to achieve that dream, that vision um, that sense of what they want uh, to experience in their own lives. And, you know, I've helped people with um, all kinds of different things, organizing their lives, um, dealing with hoarding. I've helped people uh, strengthen nonprofits and start nonprofits. Um, I've worked with people on career exploration and, and changing careers, not just jobs. Um, worked with folks in networking, network marketing and direct sales on improving their business and making more money for themselves. Um, just about anything, right? We all have visions. We all have dreams. Um, you know, when someone says to us, what do you really want from life? That's a, that's a big, daunting, exciting question. And so um, it's really neat for me as a coach to get to hear what other people's goals and dreams are um, and then to watch them uh, fulfill those things. So, um, if that sounds interesting to you or you'd like to hear more from me um, or see me do some of my work, you can find me on Facebook at Grounded Vision. I've been doing uh, Facebook Live videos every weekday for the last, I don't know, maybe a month or so. So I'd love for you to um, to take a look at any of those things. Also, uh, if you happen to be listening on blogtalkradio.com, uh, all of the Life Coach Radio Network hosts, can be our, our shows can be uh, found on iTunes uh, by searching Life Coach Radio Network or the Life Coach Chat Channel. And if you have an iPhone, you can actually subscribe to those channels, and um, all of our shows will actually uh, pop up on, right on your phone uh, in your podcast app. Um, every time there's a new uh, show added to the network, you'll get information about that and be able to pick and choose what you want to hear about. So. I'd love for you to join us on blogtalkradio.com or uh, through iTunes and make it super easy on yourself to listen. So as I said, with the recent political cycle, the results of the election, Americans' reactions to the, le to the election, and the upcoming holiday season, we're all experiencing more than, quote, everyday stress, unquote. 
This episode will explore the, the effects of stress, the differences between stress and burnout, and how to cope with both so that you can manage your stress more effectively. Uh, so I put together some information. I've um, written a blog post about it that I'm going to share, uh, frankly, with some of my business networking groups in the hopes that they'll share it with their staff members. And I thought this was a great uh, show and episode to put together to share with all of you. I'd love to hear your comments on blogtalkradio.com or um, through my Facebook page at Grounded Vision Coaching. Again, I hope you'll like the page and message me. So we all have stress. I mean, it's normal, right? It's normal that we would feel like there's some amount of stress that is just natural. Um, and yes, absolutely. So when does stress become harmful and what can you do to reduce your stress? What are the harmful effects on your mental and physical health? And, um, you know, what kinds of things can we do on a daily, a weekly, a monthly, even a quarterly or an annual basis to support ourselves in our mental health? Did you know that there are actually two different kinds of stress? There is something called good stress, and um, the phrase for that is eustress. And that's that sense of um, a little bit of pressure that helps us focus, uh, provides a sense of urgency. It can help us complete a task more efficiently. Um, and that might be something that, you know, you've been planning an event for a while and now you're down to the wire about it or you're coming upon a deadline. Um, somebody asks you to do something in a short amount of time and so um, you're able to feel like you can um, factor out other things that are going on in your life and really concentrate on this current need. The opposite of that good stress, of you stress, is distress, right? Um, that sense of feeling overwhelm, and um, that's actually what produces the physical and the mental symptoms that can actually keep us doing our best work and living our best life. There is another uh, differentiating factor to stress, um, and that's this sense of acute stress versus chronic stress. So acute stress um, is something that may happen in the moment. It's something that, as I said, maybe you're coming on a deadline um, that's, that's been in the works for a while and you're down to that, that final push and you have a sense of an acute stress. It lasts for a finite amount of time and for a very specific reason. Chronic stress, on the other hand, is a heightened amount of stress per, for a prolonged amount of time. And so it might be that um, that sort of bar that you have set or that threshold that you have for stress actually increases and that becomes your um, new normal. That amount of stress becomes your new normal. Many of you know who have listened to my show in the past <laughs> excuse me, know that I worked in residence life on a college campus. I was a, a first responder. I'd been on call in that job and then um, most recently served as a nonprofit executive director for a domestic violence program and shelter. And there are a lot of stress. There's a lot of stress in both of those scenarios. Being on call is stressful, um, you know, waiting for that phone to ring um, and then, you know, not being sure what's on the other end of it in the sense that your heart starts racing when your, your phone rings in the middle of the night. Um, or early in the morning, and, you know, not being sure what you're going to face when, when you show up to that emergency scene. And so um, that is a new normal. That's an amount of stress that you just get used to existing uh, with and under. Um, and so you don't necessarily notice it as strongly as some other stresses. So what are some examples of events or interactions that cause stress? Certainly discontent at work can cause you stress. Uh, fear of a termination or loss of a job can cause you stress. Perhaps relationship or family trouble might cause you stress. Um, someone having an illness or a death of a loved one. Uh, planning events like weddings, anniversaries, birthday parties, maybe it's an event at work or a fundraising event that can be stressful. Uh, getting married, even though uh, marriage is a happy occasion and, and people really enjoy getting married, there's a lot of transition that happens when you get married, whether you're moving in together, you're changing names, you're um, combining your assets, 
Um, again, it might be good stress, but it still feels like stress in our bodies. Certainly divorce and separation can be very stressful things. Uh, moving, moving where you live, either just from house to house within the same um, town or moving different towns, different streets, uh, moving offices at your job, your financial obligations. You know, lots of my clients have stress around the bills that they have due um, and maybe whatever debt they have. Uh, certainly traumatic events are um, stressful. Um, you know, even just watching that stuff on the news, even when it doesn't directly affect us perhaps, um, you know, seeing a, a, a traumatic weather event or a fire or a murder on television um, can cause us stress. Family get-togethers can cause us stress. You know, I mentioned earlier about, you know, we'll all be getting together for the holidays, and sometimes um, family members are getting together that haven't been together in a long time or that have a history that may not be um, all positive. And so we're, we're reminded of those things um, as the holidays arrive. Uh, having a baby is stressful. Again, it might be good stress and some distress, um, but that can be a stressful thing. And then, as I just mentioned, TV, news media, social media, um, what people say to us about our beliefs and our values, all of those things can cause us amounts of stress. And so many of us believe that a little stress is normal and that it might even help us to perform better. The problem is that we say we can handle a little stress to finish a project or to finish planning an event. But then one project leads to another and then another, and soon our stress level is at a heightened level indefinitely. And so when I was at the shelter, I used to say, um, okay, we just need to get through this event, or we just need to get through this fundraiser, or if we, when we get to this day or this month, things will calm down. But the problem with that type of thinking without um, planning for some amount of self-care is that one project leads into the next, into the next. One event ends, but then you start planning for another event. Um, you know, we might have a group of uh, clients that are really able to get along with one another, and then we bring in a new client, and that changes the dynamics among the group. And now all of a sudden there might be stress and conflict that didn't exist the days before that. Uh, in higher education, people often talk about the A months, August and April, being really busy times of an academic year. But in reality, <laughs> there's probably not a slow time uh, in a school year for whether you're in, you know, K through 12 or, or college or graduate school, there's always testing and um, holidays and final exams and a project that's due. And, um, you know, that yes, things ebb and flow, but it seems like there are as many or more um, stressful times as there are uh, calmer times um, to deal with. And so what does stress actually do to us anyway? How would you know if you were experiencing the effects of stress? Headaches are one of the most common ways that people experience stress. Uh, chest pain is another way that people um, can know that they're feeling more stressed than usual. Uh, high blood pressure, feeling like your heart is racing, having fatigue or trouble sleeping. Isn't that interesting, right? We spend the, our daytimes feeling like we're really tired and maybe even lethargic, but then nighttime comes around and we try to sleep and we just can't sleep because our hearts are racing or our thoughts are racing, and it's hard to calm those things down in order to be able to, to fall asleep or stay asleep, uh, to have good quality sleep. Certainly an upset stomach and digestive issues can arise when uh, we're stressed out. We have many, 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 many nerve endings in our stomachs. And so when we feel tense and anxious and stressed out, it's really easy for our bellies um, to, to show that uh, more quickly than other parts of our bodies. Certainly anger and irritability um, is something that can happen to folks who are feeling particularly stressed out. Sadness and depression uh, is a side effect or a symptom of stress. Overeating or overdrinking, um, that sense that we can manage our stress uh, or quote-unquote cope 
with our stress, uh, with food or alcohol or drugs or some some type of habitual behavior that just helps us feel good um, in the moment. Anxiety is certainly a a side effect or symptom of stress. Weight gain or weight loss in a dramatic fashion can be a symptom of stress. Skin conditions. All of a sudden maybe you have a rash or you feel itchy. Um, You know, there are things that can happen related to stress that way. Nail biting, uh, leg bouncing. We all know those folks who are sitting at your dinner table or or at um, the boardroom table and their legs are just bouncing and bouncing. They have this, I've heard people um, call it nervous energy, uh, can be a sign of stress um, or anxiety. Loneliness and isolation. Sometimes when we're really stressed out, um, I talk about it like the turtle syndrome, syndrome, where when when we have fear or we're nervous or we're stressed, we act like turtles and we pull our heads and our feet um, into our shell to protect ourselves. But the problem with that is then there's, there's, we don't have access to see what's going on outside of our shell and, and we're effectively stuck, right? We're not moving anymore. And um, what I tend to notice is for folks who do that, that pull their, their heads and their hands and their feet into their shell and, um, you know, in an attempt to try to protect themselves, what actually happens is that predator, that fear, that anxiety, that stress actually seems to multiply and we have no ability to defend ourselves from it or to move in a different direction because we've pulled um, any way to be able to see or to move into our shell to protect ourselves. And so we feel lonely and we feel isolated. And then a lot of folks here feeling extreme stress have this sense of a negative perspective on most life events. So, um, you know, the folks that are unhappy with the election results right now, um, some of them are expressing fear and stress and anxiety, and I'm watching them then associate that to how the world is going to behave, uh, what's going to happen in our country, what's going to happen with healthcare, what's going to happen with their physical safety and security. Um, and, you know, we've watched people in the last few days um, start riots and and um and you know start fires and and burn uh flags there's all these things happening as a reaction to our our election results um that allow people or encourage people to feel negatively about other aspects of what's happening in their lives and what's really interesting is that for women there are certain um effects of stress that are even more pronounced So women are 10 times more likely than men to develop eating disorders due to their stress. 10 times more likely. Women are more likely to experience stomach issues and have skin reactions to their stress. Uh, Women have a greater uh, amount of heart disease and worry about heart attacks due to their stress than men have. Women experience more sleep deprivation. They have a greater uh, difficulty concentrating than men do. Um, They experience a lowered immune response. So somebody might feel like they get colds a lot or they have the flu or they get bronchitis or sinus infection more often that, you know, anybody who sort of sneezes around them, they'll get sick. That can be caused by a lowered immune response because of stress. And then cancer, particularly breast cancer, um, the research has shown can be uh, increased uh, for women who experience high levels of stress in their lives. And so I want to shout out again really quickly, if you're listening to me live and you'd like to join the conversation, I'd love for you to call in at 646-716-9397. 646-716-9397, and uh, press 1 to get in the queue so you can talk with me. So I want to go back to some of these reactions that we have um, to stress. And I can tell you, in my work at the Domestic Violence Program and Shelter, um, without realizing it, I really found myself at a place of extreme stress and potentially even burnout. And we're going to take some a little bit of time to talk about burnout later 
But I didn't, it was like the forest and the trees, right? I didn't really realize it was happening because it was increasing steadily over time. And I was experiencing, as a woman in my mid-30s, chest pains pretty frequently, um, some amount of uh, quick breathing, um, and, and even having a lot of digestive issues. And I was uh, going to the doctor, and I went to some specialists, and they were testing to determine if my gallbladder needed to be removed. And uh, nobody could prove that there was anything wrong with my gallbladder. All the tests were coming back normal. Um, but they knew something was wrong because I wasn't feeling good, and I had a lot of symptoms of that. And what's been really interesting is since I left that work and I've made uh, my self-care a greater priority, my chest pains, that hyperventilation, and all of my digestive issues, um, none of that exists anymore for me. And it was so powerful to notice my body able to function more effectively and without all those struggles as my level of stress decreased. And I was just so impressed um, by the power of stress in our bodies, right, that, that my stress level could have made those things happen was, gosh, just such an awakening, such an awakening. And it's really forced me uh, to pay more attention to what's happening in my body, to notice when my belly is tight um, or when I'm hyperventilating or um, I'm a breath holder. Uh, I've noticed that every once in a while I end up taking a really deep breath and it was because I had been concentrating on something or um, really working hard on something or stressed out about something and it was literally like my body forgot to breathe and so I'll catch myself taking a really deep breath to to catch up with that Uh, and those are all as I said side effects and symptoms of stress that we don't always even recognize in our bodies Um, for some people it's that their hands shake or I talked about people bouncing their legs or chewing their fingernails they might chew on their lips maybe there's someone who Um, chews gum, or uh, we all know these people who are pen clickers, right? They're often clicking their pens with that that extra energy, that stress that has built up in their body. And I actually knew somebody who um, ended up having a, like, one in a million skin condition, and he learned that because he was getting these sort of red dots, these bumps on his body, and um, ended up going to a dermatologist and then to a specialist to learn that Um, it was called lymphomatoid papulosis, like I said, literally a one in a million skin uh, disorder that comes out, um, that that makes itself apparent when you're experiencing really high levels of stress. But all the rest of the times, it doesn't exist. You don't have those red spots or bumps. And so, um, gosh, like I said, it's just so powerful what our bodies do to work efficiently and effectively and how loudly sometimes they have to tell us that something is wrong, right? And it's it's also just really powerful what stress does to our bodies and, and how it can um, cut our lives so much shorter, our quality of life and our, the actual years that we're alive. It can cut that so short if we don't um, pay attention Um, to how much stress we're feeling and to how our bodies are coping with that amount of stress. And so what can we do to help prevent, treat, or combat your high stress levels? Um, There's, you know, millions of things you can do. But I've brainstormed this short list here, and and I'm hoping that um, some of these things you might be able to work into into your life, into your routine. Uh, This is by far not an exhaustive list by any means. Um, You can watch a comedy movie or attend a comedy show. You can play with or pet one of your pets, right? I have uh, dogs here, and um, one of the things that I know that I really get from them is a sense of calm and also play. 
as adults, we many of us don't take time to play and to laugh and to maybe run around or swing in a swing. And, um, you know, lots of times my animals help me to play because we're throwing balls in the backyard or we take a walk, and, um, and they make me laugh. And so interaction with a pet is a really good thing for our stress levels. Getting manicures or pedicures or massages, um, something that helps us just slow down and, and experience our senses and have someone nurture us since we've been so busy giving ourselves um, to other things and other people. Reading a book for pleasure is a great stress management technique. Savoring a hot coffee or a hot tea. Journaling about your stress, your emotional responses, your hopes, your dreams, your interactions with people. You know, there's studies that show that um, taking that time to write, that you have to slow your brain down to write, um, and, and even just experiencing that feeling, that emotional response, or your hopes, or your dreams, whatever's happening for you, uh, turning it from thoughts into something that you wrote actually helps your brain uh, digest and process that information differently than if you were just thinking about it or even if you talk about it. Practicing uh, deep relaxation exercises. So you could uh, Google right now any kind of um, deep relaxation techniques. There are many. Uh, most of them have something to do with um, uh, tightening muscle groups across your body and then releasing them from that tightness and feeling like there's a relaxation that can come over your whole body. Uh, the same thing is true with breathing techniques. There are so many breathing techniques out there that can help uh, just slow your body down, slow your brain down. And many, many of those things you can do in the presence of other people and not even have those other people know that you're doing it. Um, one easy one that I can think of off the top of my head is that um, you count in your head as you're inhaling and you exhale for twice as long. So as a specific example, maybe as you inhale, you can count to five. And then as you exhale, you want to slow your exhalation down so that you can actually get to 10. Um, and even doing that three or five times, it's incredible how that can help you just uh, come back to the present moment to slow yourself down. Uh, moving your body is a great stress management technique. And right away, people think of exercise, and that's true. Um, you know, true cardiovascular exercise is very, very good for all of us, as we know, and great for stress management. But even 10-minute movements throughout the day, you know, going and taking a walk around your office or around the block or around your neighborhood, um, even just standing up from your office chair, making a, a diligent and intentional effort to stand up um, at least once every hour. Get that blood flowing back through your body. And, you know, there's um, something to be said for changing your environment. So if you're a teacher and you're in your classroom all day and you have a chance to walk out into the hallway or to walk to the bathroom or walk to the office, um, if, you, if you work in an office environment and you can um, walk to the refrigerator or the water cooler or outside and around the building, um, even for me, you know, doing a lot of my work from home, sometimes just getting out of the office to walk out back with the animals or um, to walk and do some work in the dining room instead of the office. It can make me feel like my brain just can work better. Again, that getting that blood flowing, getting that oxygen flowing into our brains, and even just having something different to look at um, can change the way that your, your brain is working and, and the, the thought process that your brain is in at that time. Meditation is an excellent way to connect your body with your mind, right? I'm so terrible at really honing into what my body's trying to tell me. I get really in my head. I'm a good thinker. I'm a good processor. I'm a good concentrator. And sometimes then I won't even notice that things are happening in my body. But if I get up to go get a drink um, or I get up to take the dogs outside or something like that happens and I can check back in with my body, where am I feeling tense? What stretches can I do? How is my belly feeling? Am I breathing well? 
Am I sitting up straight when I'm when I'm sitting? You know, even doing those check-ins is really helpful, and meditation can help you learn how to slow your brain down so that your brain and your body can really reconnect. Um, and they say, you know, if you can start with meditation, even, you know, one, two, three, five minutes a day initially until you build um, your meditation muscle, um, that that can be so very powerful. It helps um, slow our breathing. It helps flow, our heart rate, um, and like I said, it just helps you connect your brain with, with your body, with your belly, with your breathing, um, and slow your brain down from those racing thoughts. Yoga can be very helpful. There are, you know, gosh, dozens and dozens of kinds of yoga. I know um, people who go to, like, hot yoga where they really sweat it out, and I know people who go to yoga for uh, meditation and, and calm. Um, I know people who do yoga really for exercise and that um, that they are getting their heart pumping. Uh, I know people who do yoga or Pilates really uh, for stretching. So there's all sorts of opportunities there. Um, and there's lots and lots of places that do yoga really, really affordably, sometimes free, or they'll let you come free as a guest to try it out. And, you know, gosh, in this day and age where most of us have um, smartphones and tablets and computers or, or even some sort of streaming television, there's usually lots of ways to find yoga on, um, you know, YouTube and the Internet and, and other streaming options that you can do it right from the comfort of your own house. Stretching, as I said, getting uh, blood moving and oxygen moving to those places that are tight. Um, and, you know, it just helps us stand straighter. It helps us. Um, have more confidence in the ways that we walk around and move around in the world. Another way that you can work to combat or treat your stress is about improving your diet, right? We all know this. Everybody talks about nutrition and how our diet can be helpful to us. Um, but some things that surprised me were that ginger is actually uh, um, combats stress and, and the damaging effects of stress in our body. Omega-3 fatty acids are really good to help you manage the stress in your body. Eating quality proteins and vegetables are good ways to um, improve your diet and help your, your body just manage uh, whether it's eustress or de-stress. Getting enough sleep. You know, that can be hard. We talked earlier about one of the side effects of uh, stress is, you know, feeling this fatigue but having a hard time falling asleep or staying asleep. And we all know how important sleep is. And so sometimes our doctors can help us with that. Um, you know, there are things like melatonin and magnesium that are all natural, over-the-counter uh, options that people use for sleep. Um, that deep relaxation, yoga, stretching, uh, even deep breathing techniques can all help you to, to relax into sleep um, and to stay asleep. The other thing, though, is really just prioritizing it, right? Coming up with this routine where um, you're not staying up until 2 in the morning several days this week because you have this event coming and still getting up at 5 or 6 or 7 in the morning. We have to be able to prioritize our sleep. Our bodies need that to be able to um, fix what we damaged or what we broke in our bodies throughout the day. Another interesting um, way to combat our stress is socialization. Remember I just told the, the turtle story and, and how we can feel lonely and isolated when we're particularly stressed out. And so one of the great things we can do to combat the stress is to socialize, to spend true face-to-face -face time with friends, to have laughter with them. And you know what? Right this minute, we may need to put some boundaries around that socialization. You know, uh, we may say, listen, can we not talk about politics or can we not talk about work? Um, can we not talk about the trouble with your relationship right now? Um, I'd really love for us to, to talk about the good things that are happening in our lives. I'd love to talk about what we're really thankful for. I'd love to talk about something funny that we heard. Um, to be able to laugh together. And I think that's a really fair expectation that we can have for one another now is to, to create some boundaries about what we want to discuss when we're socializing with our friends. Dancing and music are great uh, ways to help combat stress. 
Um, here in Georgia, where I live, we're in a severe drought, and so there are lots of downsides to the drought. But the upsides are that we've had lots and lots of sun and plenty of, of beautiful, sunny, warm days. And so I often uh, find myself kind of jamming out in my SUV with my sunroof open and the music cranking. Um, and that sense of release, you know, of having fun, of laughing at myself, not taking myself so seriously, of not caring what other people think when they watch me sing or dance in my car. Um, and you know what? Sometimes when I do think about the fact that there are other cars around me uh, watching me sing and dance, I think, well, good. If they get to laugh at me um, bebopping in my car, well, I hope that made their day and that they have a story to tell their friends. So that's, that's perfectly okay with me. Another thing we can do to combat the stress is to avoid drama, <laughs> right? Setting those boundaries on the conversations we have with other people. Choosing not to uh, maybe read all the things in your Facebook feed or your, your Twitter wall, you know, that we have choices to make about how we want to spend our time and how we want to use our energy and what we want to give our attention and our focus to. And sometimes it's just that we need to really intentionally avoid the drama that's happening with people or that the people that are around us bring to our lives. Uh, taking a bath can be a great way to slow down and to um, help to manage some of our stress. Taking a walk, right? How hard is it to to just throw on some shoes and get out there? Take a walk. Reduce your screen time. It's actually been proven that, that screen time with TVs and computers and phones and tablets and even video games can actually increase our stress. So just reducing our screen time can help uh, as, a, as a stress management model. Avoiding stressors, right? Maybe you choose to not watch the news every day or not watch a scary movie or to not participate in some of the social media negativity that, that we experience in the world, choosing to avoid those stressors. Another way to manage your stress and, uh, and to feel better is to express your feelings to your trusted friends, family members, or colleagues. To laugh, whether it's at a show or at your house, or I'm sorry, at yourself or, um, you know, the funny radio show hosts in the morning or, or with your friends or at your pets or is excellent medicine. One of the things I really try to do when I'm feeling particularly stressed out is to put things into perspective. It's so easy to live in our lives and to get in that place of feeling like how much some of the things in our lives are hard or are stressful. And without a sense, of what's going on in the world and what other people are dealing with, sometimes we can really get out of perspective, you know. And then we happen to hear about someone who has just uh, beaten cancer or who's living with uh, some debilitating disease. We hear about these wars in other parts of the world and um, what you know, children and, and women and all, all people are dealing with. We hear about folks who uh, are homeless or, or have trouble feeding themselves. You know, when, when things happen to me that I feel like, gosh, this really is awful or it sucks or it's terrible or it's hard, I try to put that into perspective about what other people have persevered through and the fact that I can face and get through whatever I'm dealing with. Connecting with nature is a great, great way to manage your stress. Again, we talked about taking a walk, but maybe it's about going to a botanical garden or, or finding um, a place in the woods to walk, or maybe there's a trail somewhere or a local or a state park that you could go visit, hiking certainly, uh, camping even, um, just ways to connect with nature, to actually touch your bare feet in the grass. So grounding, so grounding and can help with our stress. You know, it's very simple to say, but very seldom do we actually just slow down and live in the present moment. So much of our stress is harbored in our worry, and so much of our worry is about things that will never happen. We worry so much about what's going to happen, and most of the time what we worry about happening never actually happens. 
So we've just spent all that time and created all that stress uh, energy for nothing. And so sometimes really just slowing down and living in the present moment, what's happening right now, can help us alleviate some of the stress. Use your five senses. What do you smell? What colors do you see? Notice how something feels in your fingers. What do you hear? How does something taste? Actually take time to intentionally feel the lotion you're putting on your hands. Right? We we put lotion on or chapstick, whatever those things are, and we just were thinking already about something else. Whereas if we just took the time to feel the lotion on our hands, to notice the nurture we're doing for ourselves, to smell what that lotion smells like, Notice the warmth of the blanket that you're napping under. Notice the color of the leaves on the trees. Smell the dinner that your partner is cooking. Actually look at the food when it's brought out to you at a restaurant before you take a picture of it and put it on your social media accounts. Live in the moment. Use your five senses. Spend time doing things that you enjoy. Maybe it's a hobby or an athletic event, whether you, you know, attend an ice hockey match or, or you play flag football. Do you like to go to museums? Do you want to go walk around in a botanical garden? Is there a cooking class you'd like to take? Spend time doing the things that you enjoy. Learn to say no without feeling guilty. We cannot do everything and we cannot be all things to all people. We have to learn how to say no and to savor and to treasure the time that we have and the the things that we choose to participate in. Even lighting a candle, right, that sense of that flame and that um, it's so calming and it's, it's cleaning and it's rejuvenating and it's relaxing. And if you have a candle that has a great scent, that's another way to use one of your five senses. Be intentional about reducing your caffeine intake. Uh, Again, similar to overeating or overdrinking, many people, because of that feeling of fatigue or because their sleep patterns are interrupted, tend to increase their caffeine intake, and that can actually uh, just serve to exacerbate the stress that you're already feeling. Take time to relax. Actually use your vacation and your sick time. Do you know how many people get vacation and sick time every year and they lose it because they don't use it? You have it as a benefit. Use your vacation time. Have a staycation if you want. Stay at your house. Stay local. But use that time. Take the time. It is yours. And the last idea I had here is to cook or bake something. Uh, lots of people have that as a hobby, but, you know, maybe we've been rushing so much that we've been eating out a lot and we haven't taken good good care of ourselves with our diet and we haven't um, made time to, to cook or to bake for ourselves or someone else. But perhaps the most important thing is that we take the time to reflect on our current situation and stop excusing our level of stress. Stop thinking, let me just get through this one project, this dinner, this event, this deadline. Because inevitably what happens is we go from that one project to the next, the next project, the next deadline, the next uh, fire that needs to be put out. We must prioritize our health and our wellness. We have to prioritize our sanity. And, And in order to do that, we have to prioritize our stress management. And we can do this by creating daily or weekly routines for self care. And so what could you be doing on a daily, a weekly, a monthly, a quarterly, or an annual basis for yourself, right? When you think annually, maybe it is about that vacation. Maybe you get two or three weeks a year of vacation. How can you spread that out across the year to be able to use that annually for your self-care? What are those things that you can do quarterly? Maybe it's reviewing your vision board. Maybe it's reviewing your goals. Maybe it's reviewing um, your income or uh, making it a point to have a date night with uh, your children or your partner. Maybe there are those things that quarterly you want to take time to do. Maybe there's a nature thing that you can do every quarter so that you get to experience that hike in the spring, in the summer, in the fall, in the winter, and to be able to have those memories and, and to experience that same Uh, action differently throughout the year. 
what are you doing monthly? Do you try to read a book a month? Or, um, you know, maybe it's a certain friend that you want to make sure that you schedule out uh, coffee or dinner with on a monthly basis to be able to check in with them. What do you do weekly? Uh, maybe weekly it's, it's taking a bath or it's cooking a really good meal or baking something. Um, maybe, you know, weekly you are um, attending your uh, a religious uh, event or going to church. On a daily basis, it might be about taking your medicine correctly or exercising or stretching or yoga or meditation or deep relaxation or breathing techniques. There are so many things that we can do every single day that don't have to take a lot of time but can absolutely help us um, manage our stress and reduce that bar, that, that normal, quote, amount of stress that we have. I do want to take one second to really talk about burnout. Burnout is this sort of gradual process, but it's beyond stress. Um, it often happens to people because they feel out of control at work, or that they're lacking recognition, that they work in a high-pressure environment. They're working too much too often. Uh, they feel like they have too few supportive relationships. They're not getting enough sleep. They're typically type A personalities. Man, I fit in all those categories in my past. But what burnout can do is it can actually reduce your productivity. It drains your energy. You might feel helpless, hopeless, cynical, resentful. Uh, you're beyond tired. You're just exhausted. You feel unappreciated. You're not getting any sleep. Uh, you have decreased satisfaction in things that would have normally been enjoyable for you. You start withdrawing from responsibilities. Uh, you might feel out of control. The, the primary damage to your body is in an emotional way, even beyond the physical way. So stress causes a lot of physical uh, damage to our bodies. Burnout then also causes a lot of emotional damage to our bodies. And interestingly, the treatment, though, for burnout is similar to stress. It's about social contact, investing in your partner, in your friendships, in your familial relationships with your pets. Creating a more balanced life, not working 60 or 70, 80 hours a week routinely, taking that time off, taking time away from technology, having a healthy diet, exercise, sleep, relaxation, even just making time to be creative can help you manage that burnout. And, um, you know, what I've heard from a lot of folks who work in uh, crisis management is r related to burnout and vicarious trauma, so that you're so busy experiencing uh, trauma and crisis situations and hearing about your client or, or you know, somebody that you're working with trauma that it kind of rubs off on you and you're not able to leave it at work as they say and you take that home with you and you can start feeling like you're not making as good of decisions as you were before you don't have as good of boundaries as you do before your thinking seems less logical um, and almost more airy for lack of a better way to say it the pieces don't always come together and uh, again when I was in counseling and, and I learned more about burnout um, gosh, I could just like go down this list and say, check, 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 I have all these things. And although burnout isn't a diagnosis, so to speak, stress isn't a diagnosis, so to speak, um, it helped me feel like I wasn't crazy and losing my mind, that there was this legitimate thing that happened to people um, that I was really experiencing. And when I had gotten to that level of burnout, there were things I was doing in ways I was behaving that just really weren't like myself. And um, it helped me understand that, like, I hadn't lost my mind, that, that this was a legitimate thing that happened to people. And it helped me realize how much the stress and the burnout had gotten to me, how much that vicarious trauma had gotten to me. And, and as I mentioned earlier in this radio show, how, how I really realized how much I need to reinvest in my health and my wellness and my sanity. And so, again, I pose this question to you. What can you do? on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on a quarterly basis, and on an annual basis to care for yourself? What routines can you create? What can you prioritize? How do you make your sanity, your wellness a priority? Because here's the thing, I say this to people all the time, if you don't handle it, it will handle you. 
If you don't handle your stress, if you don't manage your stress, if you don't make your self-care a priority, it's going to handle you. You're going to have chest pains or you're going to have a heart attack or you're going to have digestive issues. You're going to have trouble sleeping. And I gave you that whole list. There's so many bad things that happen in our body when we keep holding on to that stress and we don't find ways to, to let it out, to work it out. Um, and so I, help, I, I sincerely hope that this, this radio show was helpful to you. I hope that you'll share it. I hope that you'll listen to it potentially uh, again in the future. I sincerely hope that you'll create some self-care routines for yourself, that you'll prioritize your health and wellness, and that you'll be a role model in that for your children, for your partner, for your work colleagues, setting boundaries about how many hours a week that you work, setting boundaries about how much you sleep or how much you drink or how much you eat. Um, that's such good role modeling for for the people in your life, for your sphere of influence. Um, because you know what? We are watching a lot of people who are not setting boundaries for themselves and who um, are choosing to, to pawn their stress off on everyone else. And um, I don't want to be the one of those people that pawns my stress on every, everyone else. I want to be able to manage myself and to take good care of myself and so that I can be there for other people. So if this resonated with you, I hope you'll like my Grounded Vision Facebook page. Watch some of those Facebook Live videos. Leave comments. Send me a message. Um, I'm looking for clients who have some vision for their life, some sense of what they really want to get out of life, but they're not sure how to get there. I want to help you get there. And so if that sounds like you, um, I do free discovery coaching sessions. I'd love to hear from you. Um, until we talk again, meet again, please, please, please take good care of yourself. Take care of your heart and your mind and your body and your soul. You know what? We get one life. We get one life, and it's our job to be responsible for taking good care of it. I hope that you're able to manage your stress and to reduce your stress and to use uh, some of that list that I gave you about things you might be able to work into your daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annual routine. I'd love to hear from you again. I'm Nikki Tobias with Ground Division Coaching. Have a great day. Bye-bye.